You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma. Mike Hearn here, your host, back with another episode down in Oklahoma City today with Lauren Walkentine. Lauren from William and Lauren and Co., which is, I guess, tailoring, right? Would be the right way to wear yeah, it. custom suits for yeah. men and coming soon women. Yeah, and very right. sharp dressed men. Yes. What's that ZZ Top song that just came into my mind? Um, sharp dressed man, is it? Something like that. It's a good yeah. song. Um, but yeah, thanks for coming on the podcast. And, uh, you know, I'm excited to share the story and learn a lot more about your story. We have a lot of mutual friends and, and mm-hmm. people speak very highly of you and highly of your work, which is always nice to hear. Yeah, um, always wonderful to hear. It is, yeah, because all the, all the time you've put yeah. in and the, you know, the sore fingers or whatever it is that when you're doing um, making suits and, and shirts and dress pants is... It's not easy work. I know I couldn't do it. I'd be terrible at it. But yeah, um, yeah thanks for coming to the podcast. And uh, I guess start, I guess let's go all the way to the back to the beginning. Where were you born? Sure. Well, thanks for having me, first off. Um, so born and raised in Oklahoma City. So um, grew up South Oklahoma City, went to Westmore High School. So for the locals, kind of know. Um, grew up down there. And I went to University of Oklahoma, so mm-hmm. graduated from OU in years ago. I don't know what year. Um, and then got my MBA at Oklahoma Christian. So that was kind of my educational background. Um, I kind of grew up, went, worked for what, I guess what kept me in Oklahoma, what brought me to Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. So my, my story, so my parents, um, my dad specifically, um, is a pharmacist and he owned a, started off as a small drug store in South Oklahoma city, which is how we ended up down there. So he was at Hillcrest drug. And then ended up selling that pharmacy and had his own software business. So he sold it right before I was born. So I grew up with the software business. So I grew up in the family business. Um, there wasn't really a choice what I was going to do. I say that jokingly. <laughs> they gave me the choice. Yeah. But, I mean, it was in my blood. So literally grew up with that. Um, so after OU, I went to work for a company called Computer RX. Um, it was here and more. Mm-hmm. And I did that for... Gosh, right about 10 years, that was my career. And as I just said to you before we were recording, that was going to be my 30-year career. So kind of crazy to be sitting here at a young age um, not doing that. But life happens. So I left them and my parents sold the business, I should clarify. There was no like family breakup or anything. But (laughs) uh, we had a really good run. They wanted to retire. They wanted out. And honestly, the business got to a size... um, so we serviced, I guess I'll just talk about this. This was a big part of my past. So we serviced independent pharmacies nationwide, mm-hmm. um, which means basically we provided, they still provide, but when I was there, we provided all of the software. So from like billing insurance, counting pills, managing yeah. patients, like we basically communicating robotics, pretty much anything that a- All the small town. Yeah, that a pharmacy needs shops. to run. Yeah. yeah, primarily. So anybody except for like Walgreens, CVS, mm-hmm. Walmart, like we, yeah. we did hospitals, but primarily your mom and pop type shops small grocery stores, like homelands and mm-hmm. things like that. Um, but so we did that nationwide and we had, we were probably, I mean, we had a good coverage. We probably had around 2,500 pharmacies that used wow. our software. So yeah. obviously we were local here in Oklahoma, headquartered here and had a large base of Oklahoma, but nationally it was yeah. really where most of our work was just for sheer size. 
Um, and the business just got to a point of it was just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And um, the family, I was pretty involved, and the family was kind of getting to a point of maybe um, it was needing investment. And then also the kids were pretty, like, we kind of didn't really have a choice to stay. So yeah. my parents just kind of, like, perfect timing. I was never for sale. Things happened. They ended up selling the business in 2016. And I stayed for two years. Um, so we were. They sold to a private equity company out of mm-hmm. Chicago, um, and they're still they're still located here in Oklahoma City. But ownership is out there. So I stayed for two years so my parents could retire. Took my dad's place. Basically, ran the business. Yeah, helped um, the transition yeah. smoothly. Yeah. Yeah, and we. I mean, there was a lot of moving parts in there as far as you know other other purchases, mergers. I mean, I lived on an airplane for two years, so it was a yeah. crash course in education of private equity. Had a blast. But I was running so hard, and I, um, I just decided my yeah. time was up. So I left at the end of 2018. Okay. And enters William Morris. Enters this, yeah. That's the quick story. Yeah. So growing up um, in the Moore area, mm-hmm. uh, going to OU, I assume, was just written on the wall anyway. But did you grow up like loving textiles then, and like having making stuff? Was like mum making stuff? Was grandma yeah. making stuff? Like that's. Yeah. It's quite a unique business to get. Like I interviewed Colby Thagard, um, one of my first podcasts, and he does the same, makes custom suits. And his story was like his mum was into it, and like that's all. Like she was mm-hmm. very good at making things, and that was his passion, and that's how he got into it. Yeah. And I think that's kind of a similar thing. But was it kind of the same for you, or totally different? Totally different. Um, I, I honestly, yeah, totally different. So I grew up. I mean, I guess the things that I can reflect back on now. I always loved shopping for my dad and my brother. Um, and I actually used to say, my parent, my mom laughs, but I used to say, I really want to get married so I can dress a man. Like, <laughs> I mean, I was little. I was talking when I was right. really little because I would just, I shopped for my parents. So I yeah. did always like men's fashion, I guess, and I just didn't realize it. Um, but I was kind of, I mean, I was a tomboy. I grew up playing basketball, didn't really care about fashion textiles. Mm-hmm. Like, my grandma could sew, my mom could sew. Like didn't grow up in that, really around exposed to that that much. Yeah. Um, other than that, so the funny thing about the the clothing is I'm single. My mom always says, "Well, instead of getting married, you just made a company." I'm like, "Well, I guess I get to dress men for a living." Um, but this, but really, what it, I think like what it is is the entrepreneurial. Yeah. So, and again, it's funny how you can look back, and my parents laugh too. Of like, I was doomed when I think about my. I'm very much very similar to my dad. And I have a lot of my mom in me, but very similar to my dad. And he, you know, he was worked for pharmacies throughout Oklahoma City. And for people who listen that know, he was at Sheen Drug um, down here for a long time. And just really had situations that, like, he, I think he always knew that he was going to be on his own. And he had such a mentality of if things weren't exactly how he wanted it, he would just go create it his own, which mm-hmm. is how he ended up in the software business, it was never to build a business. It was to make something for himself that was better. And then that exploded. But, um, so I just coming from that raising and being around small businesses, like I, this is like, I I think I was nine years old. My parents tell the story. Like they actually, the comment they said is they knew they would just get out of my way. They were like, you, we never knew what you were going to come up with. And I was nine years old, putting together PowerPoints for my parents of like why I should have a red VTech phone if y'all remember those like plastic phones or I don't know whatever so stories like that but I and I was in junior high and had vending machines like I was just always finding ways to 
not make money, but like fill gaps and ultimately make money. But yeah. um, I ran the, the, the vending machine thing is kind of funny, but I ran the vending machines all the way through college and even a couple of years after high school or after college. What? Explain um, that. Cause I don't. Yeah. So it was prime example of my parents' business was growing and I came to my parents. I said, you guys don't have any kind of snack or beverage option for your staff. I mean, there were fridges and yeah. things. Can I put a vending machine in your kitchen? And they were like, what? Like you're a junior high. What are yeah. you doing? So I worked up a deal that they would, it was like this $300 like countertop machine from Sam's club and they paid for it. And I had to pay them back over because I didn't have $300. Right. Yeah. Um, and then that graduated into multiple like soda vending machines and just, so just kind of entrepreneurial. Like okay. I was always up to something. Um, so you would like, you would buy the machine and put it in someone's mm-hmm. in high school or put it in someone's yeah. business and then. You just stock it, and that's yeah. it. Yeah, just keep it stocked and take the change. And pretty, I always pretty had, profitable business. It was a pretty profitable. I yeah. always had one dollar bills, so I was in college. I always had like <laughs> stacks of singles and like yeah. quarters, and the jokes were fun. But yeah, um, so yeah, so I did that, and then I it got too much to keep up with, so I got I sold it. Actually, sold them to somebody else. How many did you get them. to? I only well, so I only did it in the at my parents' business. So I had three machines. I yeah. had two. Well, I had one candy machine, or like I say, candy like snacks and food, and then I had two refrigerators. Um, Coke machines. Yeah. And I had like cans in it. So, yeah. So that's where it started. But um, the William and Lauren side really didn't come from. Actually, I don't sew. I've learned, I've learned to sew a little bit out of necessity. Mm-hmm. Um, my sister can sew, and so she's been. She learned the traits more than I did. So she's been teaching me actually in 2020 is when I was like, oh, I guess I should learn to sew some stuff. <laughs> so I don't make the suits. That's yeah. the one thing I like to give a caveat. But what it really triggered, um, so when I was at OU, this is where it started. When I was at OU, I went, I guess it would have been 2000, I don't know, maybe 2009, I went to China. Um, they had a study abroad program through, actually I think it was like the architecture college. I Mm -hmm. took some architecture classes and basically got to travel to China. So go to China. And while we were there, several of the guys, this wasn't an option for the women, but several of the guys got custom suits made in Beijing for like $200. Just stupidly cheap. And they turned them in like four or five days. So we were, I remember we got to Beijing, the professor took them to the place and they were all seniors about to graduate. They picked out their stuff and then they delivered them to the hotel before we left. Yeah. And I was just sitting there watching, thinking, hold on a second. So I was, you know, 20 years old. I don't know how old I was, 21. And I just, it, I this goes back to the entrepreneurs. I was always looking at things through a lens of like, there's opportunity or how things are connected or just kind of my way my brain thinks. Mm-hmm. And I remember in that moment thinking that would have been easily 1200 bucks in the U.S., like minimum, oh, yeah. if not more. I mean, that's yeah. like conservatively but starting out, starting yeah. out, you know, $1,200. And I thought there's a large spread there. So either there's something I don't know, or there's mm-hmm. like a huge markup in a middleman that could go away. So I just kind of chunked that away as like, there's an opportunity there. If you could find a way to get direct to these people, um, and sell them more reasonable and make custom more attainable. So that's, that was honestly where the idea triggered, but I was, in college, I was full focused on computer X. I had no, I had ideas all the time. Like I've probably opened so many businesses in my mind, but I've, and this was one of them. I yeah. just actually acted on this one. Um, and so then fast forward to 2015. So that mm-hmm. idea came, put it in the brain, never did anything with it. I always thought there, there's something there, but just never did anything with it. So then 2015, 
I was knee-deep in computer RX. We were growing like crazy. I had moved, so I had migrated my career. I started on the sales side, which was really good to learn the industry and the customers. And, you know, I, I did that for a while and just loved it. And then I ended up shifting into, um, well, kind of a little bit of everything, but ultimately operations. So I started off kind of running our call center, and then that moved into um we were just growing. So it was like a lot of what I did was scaling, creating departments and kind of scaling really kind of steering the ship. Yeah. And like we had sure gone from, we were really direction. shifting from like mom and pop to more corporate, say corporate but kind yeah. of more structured. Cause we were just getting bigger. Like when I started, we probably had 50 employees. And so you could still kind of sling, you know, just, yeah, there wasn't much structure. We didn't have, I mean, it was starting to be some, but you were feeling the, the push that there wasn't. Mm-hmm. And by the time I left, we had, well, in our, in Oklahoma city, we had 150 in 2016 and then, you know, across the whole corporate. So anyway, so we, we grew that for that probably five year period. It was, we grew like crazy. Um, so I was knee deep in that. And that also meant I was feeling as I was, I was building relationships in the industry and I was really starting to take the role for my dad of like vendor agreements and partnerships. And I mean, it was just really, was kind of the external phase. Mm -hmm. And so we got this deal, or we had the opportunity to close this deal with, um, and I say this because like in the industry, I had grown up with these people for, yeah. for the most part, and I knew them, I had worked through, I mean, obviously I had to build a professional side, but I had built a pretty stable reputation um, in the industry, within the pharmacy and media mm-hmm. industry, and people already knew me, I knew a lot of the people. Out this, we get a partner that's in healthcare, but wasn't in pharmacy make connection with them and we were trying to bring them into um to connect into our software and basically it was a vitamin like supplement producer mm-hmm. so they were not really i mean they were in healthcare but not not anybody related so we fly to atlanta we have this big meeting this could have been a really big deal and um we're sitting at the table and i never wore suits i kind of dressed like this like mm-hmm. slacks nice shirt but pharmacies, you're not rolling up in a suit to a community pharmacy. Yeah. Like a little bit of, yeah, you know, yeah. not really the, the world. So we never really wore suits. Like we were professional, but not dressed up. But when you go to these other meetings, you have to wear a suit or you're okay. in a board meeting, you have to wear a suit. Right. So I kind of had a foot in like the vendor corporate world and then like our customer community yeah. kind of casual on bit. the ground, walking yeah. into the store put yeah. together, but casual. So I show up in Atlanta and all the ladies out here know what I'm talking about. Finding a suit is a disaster. Like, as a female, I should just put on a potato sack. They're uncomfortable. They don't <laughs> fit. I just, it's just miserable. Yeah. It really is. So I just never bought any. Like, I think I had one from my senior year of, like, capstone class. I had to wear one or something. And so I found, I pulled together this, like, black blazer, put a dress on, fly to Atlanta, setting at dinner. And I'm not comfortable. It doesn't fit. And the whole dinner... I'm just like fidgeting. I'm not paying attention. And it's of course all older white men. Yeah. Be transparent. You know, I'm the young female in a world of men. And so, and again, normally I was like ignorant to it and just confident. I knew the business, no big deal. But at this dinner, I just wanted to like fall into the chair. I was just like, this sucks. And they would refer, they kept referring to my coworker. And I just sat there and let it happen. And was just like, I, I've never been more unconfident Mm. than I was in that moment. So I got to the airport and I say, because this is when it all came together, I got to the airport and I told my friend, my coworker, that was awful. I can't do that again. And he's like, what? So I'd tell him like. He's like, it went great. They yeah. asked me all these questions. And he's like, the meeting went great. <laughs> I'm like, no, like I felt, and he noticed, he was like, yeah, I noticed yeah. you were more like reserved. And so I told him about, you know, how I was feeling and crazy to me that a pair, like a piece of clothing mm. 
was really that big of an impact. But so I thought through it and he said, he looked at me and he said, I feel the same way. And I thought, really? Like you're a man. Suits are everywhere for you. And he's six four, was an offensive lineman, just like he calls himself a box, like yeah. he's just a bear guy and he said, I can't find, and I thought, you know, he never wears suits. And he like, we, so we started talking about this at the airport, middle of airport time. And that moment re-triggered my 2009 experience. And like, it all came together in that moment. And I just thought, okay, so there's something here on both sides. Like yeah. this isn't just a female issue. We have our own issue, but like, it's also a male issue, which I guess like opened my eyes to, um, maybe suiting. Mm-hmm. So that's really where, and I, I sat on the airplane, you couldn't sleep, you know, just my wheels were just running like, oh my gosh, this might be the thing. Like I can do this. And where I laughed before, I think before we recorded, I convinced myself because I was going to stay in the family business. I wasn't going anywhere. So it's like I had made up this story of, so that my parents would approve of it of like, well, I'm not going to do it full time. Like there's no, I don't need to do this full time. I'll just yeah. do it on the side. It'll be successful, which I love how we all think <laughs> that's the case. And then I'll just hire someone, right? Yeah. Super easy. Yeah, super easy. Super, super easy. So I just went down the path of like, okay, well, if I can find a supplier, then I can do this. And I found a supplier, you know, just was kind of incrementally built it. Um, And then here I am. Yeah. Fast forward. So yeah, not Uh, into textiles. Long story to answer your question. Never was. What did you go to OU for? Uh, I have a finance degree. Okay. Yeah, finance degree. So Was that kind of in in the looking at long-term future of still I'm going to be in the family business I'm going to get a finance degree that's going to Mm -hmm. I'm going to be able to use it yeah I really just bit I mean I knew business again like looking back I I think I always knew even if it wasn't with the family like I just had a natural yeah I don't know maybe business mind or entrepreneurial mind Mm -hmm. like I think I would I would have done that anyway but yeah business getting a business degree I spent some time thinking maybe I'll go get a pharmacy degree and my dad my he you know he talked me out of that was like no like because science is not my thing so got the business degree um, and finance specifically because I just enjoyed it. It was, yeah. I think I took intro to finance and was like, this is it. So just more out of get a degree. Sure. <laughs> what, so you said you went to um, Oklahoma Christian as well. Mm-hmm. Was that just an MBA in finance? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. MBA, I think technically I got that one and it's MBA in international business. Sure. Just again, out of I enjoy. Probably use that one more now, do you? Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah. Actually, ironically, the suppliers yeah, something like that. I had no idea I would, but because yeah. I got my MBA right, I spent it was like a year after I graduated. Okay, straight into so it, it knock it out quickly. in a year. Yeah, yeah which I kind of wish I would have done that, but yeah. I don't use. I mean, I had a marketing degree, but I don't think I've ever used it properly. Yeah. Um, it's like, do we ever? Yeah, yes I and know. no. Yes and no. <laughs> <laughs> All those people back home, and they might I do it know. here. They did like criminology degrees, and they never used it. <laughs> whatever um yeah so so yeah the idea pops and then it obviously it resurfaces when you're at this board meeting you're uncomfortable mm-hmm. and your co-workers like i feel the same way and in oklahoma there's a lot of people that look like him too right yeah. they're like you know they were football players and mm-hmm. they're not football players anymore so they don't have a coach screaming at them so maybe they mm-hmm. put on a bit more weight and there's just no suits to to fit and yeah. you know one off the rack is not going to fit you know you or or him in both mm-hmm. ways um and and so you're i guess transitioning parents sold the business but you're still transitioning and growing this on the side mm-hmm. slowly when yeah. does it become like okay like i'm gonna go i'm done now i'm gonna was it because like your transition period was over and you were looking for something to do and this had just mm-hmm. kind of popped up and was continuing it hadn't like failed or just it clearly had you were scratching an itch right it was mm-hmm. clearly becoming a passion yeah 
Yeah, I think so. I did not leave Computer RX to pursue William and Lauren. Like mm-hmm. I do. When I left, um, I I always knew in the back of my mind that I might. Yeah. But when I was at you know I the two years for anybody who's worked in private equity, I mean you just run. It's just it's a it's such a fast pace, and I would find out you know typically, and, I, and I'm for I say this like I'm very fortunate for it was literally the best education I've could have not or I could have been paid for, mm-hmm. um, but I was just burning and I was wearing out. I was you know just it was it's just a fast pace, um, and so I started to see pretty quickly like okay this is short term like I'm doing this for short term to do something else. Yeah. So I'm, I really started to look at it and I loved it and I wanted to set the people up well. But like for me, I started to see probably 2017, like this is not a, this is a three to five year thing. This is not a mm-hmm. 15 year thing, um, potentially. And so when I got to the point of leaving in 2018, honestly what made that and I could go through the mind of that but ultimately how I viewed it is I just knew I I kept trying to think like I found myself looking for something to have an excuse to leave which is weird I had William Lawrence I don't know why that wouldn't have been it but it wasn't um I kept being like well I'll find a job maybe if someone offers me a job mm-hmm. you know it was just like you find these reasons of like to stay. yeah it's like stay in the yeah. comfort of you know you have yeah. and I just I th- it was actually Thanksgiving I woke up the Friday after Thanksgiving and I just thought, what am I waiting for? Like, you're never going to figure it out until you walk away from your safety net, like the mm-hmm. comfort. So I quit. Shocked everybody. Shocked myself, honestly. But so I just thought, you know, like I'm and this. Didn't really have anything to do with it, but I was about to turn or I had just turned 30. And um, I don't know, just kind of everything came together. Like you need to walk away and like bet on yourself that you'll figure it out. And mm-hmm. worst case, you can get a job somewhere like you're you'll figure it out. And so I worked Christmas Christmas Eve was my last day with the company so basically the holidays just went to holiday parties and yeah. kind of like woke up like reset what yeah it was yeah it was very strange to wake up and be like what do I do <laughs> like I don't have anywhere to go um and so I I had gotten into real estate some rentals and things to like okay I've got to figure out a way to live basically mm-hmm. and so I put some energy into that but really for probably four months I wouldn't commit to anything like I was just like you need to detox you need to figure it out and I was kind of working William and Lauren and like I knew so I knew it was a potential but I didn't want to jump into it because it was there mm-hmm. and really as the uh and before I left I got these things too but everywhere I turned it was just like I, I whether you believe in spirit you know fate whatever it is just everywhere I turned there were things that just continued to like push me in that direction or conversations with people or um just things that it was like, I couldn't, I couldn't deny it. And I think on the, so on the women's side, which I'm still in development, it, that's one of those, I always knew it could be something good, but I knew it was going to be really, really, really hard. And I let too many people tell me like, well, people don't wear suits anymore. Women wouldn't buy that. Like I just listened to these naysayers yeah. who thought they were being helpful. Who have probably never done that, never yeah. done a business at all. And I, yeah. I let that hold me back too of like, well, see, this won't be successful. Like I just listened to all those things for, for that, through that period. And finally a mixture of all of the people that were like wanting, like the, I was seeing the demand was there and that I wasn't crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had experienced it myself, but to see it from other people was validating. But then also I started to tie, um, I think I started to tie William and Lauren with like, it's not just suits. Like I do enjoy, obviously I told you the stories, like mm-hmm. I enjoy helping dress people, but it's about that confidence. Yeah. And once I made that transition, I saw it for something bigger 
and then I was like, okay, I'm committed to this. So, I mean, it was a journey, but really if it would have been, I just like, cause even the real estate, like I, you know, people were like, well, are you going to make that your full-time career? And I was like, you know, it's just not, I enjoy it and I enjoy parts of it, but it's not fulfilling to mm-hmm. me. Like I just felt this pull of like, just be patient and it'll come to you. Like there's something else out there for you. Um, and I still do the real estate, but yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I guess I probably knew in 2015 hindsight, but it took me mm-hmm. until, so it was probably April or May of 2019 that I went like full steam. This is yeah. my committed career. Like this is what I'm doing. Put everything you had into it and time yeah. and all the rest of it. Yeah. And you get clients and I guess who outside of best friends and family was mm-hmm. your first client? that you were like, oh, I actually got, got somebody in yeah. the door, right? Because obviously best friends and family, yeah, I'll take one from you yeah. and help you out. But who was that first real client? Mm. I'm trying to think who they were, like who the name was. Um, I mean, most of my business has been referral for sure. Mm-hmm. But, and it was usually referral, you know, I know so-and-so who knows so-and-so, which still holds true. I mean, it's still a lot of my business. But I'm trying to think who would have been the first one. It wasn't long after I got started, so it probably would have been summer mm-hmm. I can't think of a name off because it's head, it, you do like just kind of everything right you do wedding, wedding attire mm-hmm. suits and then it's the casual kind of jeans and jacket mm-hmm. type right I mean shirts and everything else so mm-hmm. that um I assume that people don't just come in and buy just one item they're buying an outfit or two or three that they can mix mm-hmm. that the last them six months or whatever yeah. it is. I'm buying shirts, you know, five, six shirts or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Usually true. Uh, I, a lot of times the very first time they come in, they'll buy one thing or like yeah. they come in for that one suit of, I have this thing that I need one suit for, mm-hmm. or so-and-so told me about you, but, um, very quickly they come back and yeah. I always, they, they they always come in. I heard, actually I heard a guy I had a client last couple weeks ago, he was changing and he did a blazer and a shirt for his wedding. And his fiance came with him for the fitting and I stepped out and they were changing and I heard him go, I knew this was going to happen. Like I heard him through the door, like I was outside and and he opened the door and I could basically, I heard them talking about how he was like, I don't know how I'm going to wear my other shirts anymore. And so I get (laughs) a lot of that of like you, they come in for one or one random like Mm. reason. And then a very quickly, they start slowly replacing their closet. And the second time they'll come back and buy more outfits. Um, but yeah, I don't, I can't remember who the first client would have been, but it was definitely, I remember calling my parents and I was like, and I held it together when the client was here, but it was like, somebody just gave me their money that didn't know me. Like, <laughs> this is crazy. This is real. Um, yeah. and they even, I think that one, like they knew someone, like someone had referred them, but they had no idea who I was. Right. And then the next step would have been the first time someone was like, I said, how did you hear about us? And always it was, you know. So and so in my office uses you, or like there was always something. And the first time somebody goes, I found you on Google. I, they left, and I was just like, I've made it. <laughs> that is that yeah. is the way, isn't it? It's like yeah. I have nobody knows me. Mm-hmm. Like I have no idea. You know, no, you haven't got to me through friends or referrals yeah. or some guy at the office or whatever it is. He's like, I literally just googled. Yeah, I need a suit or whatever in Oklahoma City, and you, and you me. pop up of all the Googles that come up, right? Yeah. All the links that come up and you know, that that's a minefield in itself. And yeah. to get to the top of that, or even be on the first page, uh, that must've felt mm-hmm. really, really good. It did feel really good. Yeah. Like felt very good to see all that hard work. Um, yeah. 
Cause you know, like I've, I've had the mentality of just take care, take the best care of the person right in front of me and the And obviously I work around like mm-hmm. Google and social media and like there's, there's action, but ultimately take the best care you can of the person in front of you and the rest will come like yeah. build that slow momentum and the momentum of referrals is there and return customers. But to make that next step was just like, yeah, this is pretty cool. Yeah. So. And that, to my point, it gets word of mouth is yeah so powerful and yeah. you know especially in Oklahoma City which we were joking earlier it's a small big city or mm-hmm. whatever it is you know it's like you know you, there's not six degrees of separation here there's like two or three yeah you know pretty much everybody which yeah. is which is great isn't it when you you know when, when you've got a great reputation and you're building that and mm-hmm. you know you see someone in a suit or you um have you ever seen someone out kind of just passing in one of your suits How oh, yeah that that that's the most be pretty yeah. cool yeah that's also that's also really cool or um again going back to the small community i've been at several um like oklahoma city events when events happened mm-hmm. yeah and i'll see like people who know are both in william and lauren and they'll walk up walk up to each other and they'll like i'll watch them like talk to each other about like what'd you pick out or yeah and that's that's also really cool just kind of step back and watch it happen and like for, well, this, I laugh about this but one of the cool things about what we do is our, the liner mm-hmm. so everything's custom you pick your fabric your button your liners I mean it's completely from scratch whatever you want to make it and people will come in they're like I don't care what my liner is and I'm like, like oh, no you will but you do yeah you just don't know yet and it always takes the long like that's always the longest decision out of everything is the liner and so and they're fun like they're you know print prints and patterns and you know they're not just boring like we do some solids, but they're not boring. And I was at this event, um, and there was like three or four guys that all had our suits. All of them were wearing my suits. And I look over, and they're like flashing. And I walked into the conversation, so I'm friends with them, obviously. Yeah. And the, the conversation was, well, what liner did you pick? And they were just like showing it off at this networking event. It's just like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So those are the is, really cool moments. That like, is like... It's the one thing on a suit that, mm-hmm. you know, not everyone's going to see. You know, it's like, yeah. you know, it's there and you can only show it if someone asks or if they see yeah. you take your jacket off. And it's just that piece of personality mm-hmm. that like, there's kind of like nothing holds you back, right? You can have anything. It's, you can yeah. be as wild as you want. Mm-hmm. Um, I was at a birthday party on Friday and I had bought two years for the last two years, every time I've been home for Christmas, I've bought a velvet jacket. I don't know why. Yes. It just looks great. It was oh. a blue one with kind of, so it was a blue blue velvet jacket, um, black, obviously, like, lining or whatever, yeah. and then um, kind of has a pattern on it, blue and black mm-hmm. pattern on it. And I hadn't worn, and I also have a red one as well. Oh, like I love Two that. years ago, I bought I a red one, velvet. and a year ago, I bought a yes. black one, right? And I've never worn them until Friday. And yeah. I was like, you know what? I'm going to wear my, I'm finally, there's an occasion I can wear my velvet jacket. And I bought like these velvet shoes to go with it, like yes. slip ons, um, just black t-shirt, velvet jacket. Yep. Um, I think gray pants or whatever, and then black shoes. And I was like, you know what? I feel really good today. Yeah. And that's the first time I, that's probably, I mean, I need another <laughs> really good birthday party to go to. So I can probably wear the black one yeah. and wear the red one as well. But you know, to that point, like it's, it's just, it makes you feel different, doesn't mm-hmm. it? You walk in and you're like, I feel good today. Yeah. Like I, I am, um, I don't know. It, it, you just, it's so, it just gives you that kind of like that initial boost of confidence. Mm-hmm. All right. It's a little bit fake from the start and, but that's what you need. Mm-hmm. Don't you just, yeah. that, that is enough. Yeah. And it's, uh, yeah. And I see, yeah. you know, I, 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 the sad thing is I don't think that compared to back home, we don't dress up as much here. 
mm-hmm. especially now with COVID, right? No one's going to work or whatever yeah. as much. And like the lawyers aren't wearing their suits every day or, or mm-hmm. even in Oklahoma, like Oklahoma fancy is jeans, boots and a jacket. Mm-hmm. And it's not, or even just a shirt. Uh, and that party, you know, they said, oh, the, the, you know, it's kind of business casual. And I'm like, mm, I know the person whose birthday it is. And <laughs> Mm. I'm, you know, I'm just going to ball out. And I, yeah. thankfully, it was back to the point of the lining. I walked through where this party was, and I see a guy, and he's in, like, blue blazer, white shirt, blue pants. And then he has this killer pair of, like, suede... I think they were... They might have been velvet shoes. Mm-hmm. But they had, like... They were navy to match suit, but they had, like, this crazy pink, like, kind of bright pink mixed purple pattern on them. Mm-hmm. I was like, dude, those shoes are amazing and he's like thanks bro you too and i'm like oh yeah i guess i am wearing cool shoes you know it's just something weird but yeah at least there were two of us that were dressed really well at that party yeah. that's a good thing but yeah. i think for guys like i you know people like myself who don't have an excuse to dress up all the time it's worth investing mm-hmm. money in something that fits so that yeah. when you do dress up you're not like that experience that you had going mm-hmm. to atlanta you're like I look forward to dressing up. Yeah. I really look forward to putting on a jacket, yeah. even if it's with jeans, you know, it's, it's a nice jacket and it fits in all the right places and it's mm-hmm. not drowning you. You don't have shoulder pads, you yeah. know, like the, the 16 year old kid who's putting on his dad's yeah. suit for the first time, <laughs> uh, which some of us I'm sure have been to that experience. Yeah. Um, I haven't tried a custom shirt yet though. Yeah. And I, that's probably going <laughs> to, you know, shirts that's going to lead it, to more it's shirts are and we do so obviously we do primarily like suiting like yeah. but, nice button ups so we do like short sleeve button ups we do chinos like we could do some casual mm-hmm. wear and um, within that kind of family but yeah shirts it's kind of funny so shirts is probably one of our overlooked things yeah and we've really picked up a lot on them but man the like you're gonna start noticing like all the bag and like your sleeves or down the back like just all that extra fabric yeah. It's like I'll. It's sometimes it's hard for me to not walk up to people and just give them a card and be like, "Hey, come see me. Yeah, <laughs> like I, can I can make really you look help you. ten pounds lighter, and I can just make you feel better." Because yeah. it really like shirts. Like there's just so much fabric in a shirt, and most guys, right? You've got to fit your neck, or you've got to fit mm. kind of your chest, and then you end up with just all this bulk and like long sleeves and. Yeah, well, stuff makes a big difference. So yeah, I've had times with shirts. Like I've I've had times that. When, when I mentioned you, when, I play, when we played golf and, mm. and you'd always sit down for dinner afterwards and because you had a team outfit, you had a team blazer and a team mm-hmm. shirt and the team shirt was, uh, I wish they still fitted because it was a, just a red, it was a white shirt with like a red little dragon on it mm-hmm. on the on the pocket and I couldn't, I didn't want to take my jacket off because the shirt was so bad. Yeah. Um, but I had to because it was a team one. I'm mm-hmm. just like, really? Like, this would be, yeah. you know, like, and I've, I've been through those experiences before you buy a shirt and the collar's terrible you have to the only way you can yep. wear the shirt is with a tie and no one really wears ties out here as much mm-hmm. and i'm like you know i just want a really good kind of strong collar that yep. buttons in so i don't have to worry about you know showing yeah. half my chest because i <laughs> because i don't want to do the top button yeah um or doing the top button and looking like i definitely am not from this country because yeah. <laughs> uh, that doesn't happen very often around you either but yeah it's um it's a personal thing, isn't it? Yeah. It's something that, that really is, you know, clothing, mm-hmm. it, it means so much. Mm-hmm. And you, you think you, people, like you said, they kind of kind of just overlook it, yeah. especially the shirt or the jacket um, and pants. And you're just like, 
until you put one on, I guess that's you that's really when you don't. then you know, mm-hmm. and then that, that helps you because you get repeat business. Mm-hmm. From yeah, it. then they come back like, how did I wear all these clothes before? I'm like, well, I was wondering the same thing, but yeah, and it really, you know, it's cheesy. Like I, sometimes I feel very like, oh, it's all warm and fuzzy about the confidence and this, you know, finding yourself, but it really is true. It's true. And I had, you know, one of my favorite stories is I had a client. I won't give his name, but I had a client that was going through a divorce. This was last year going through a divorce he's an attorney so he wears suits every day and he finally came in I was like hey come in and you know let's get you one and so he came in got a suit came back for the fitting and he walked in when he came in for the initial fitting so I do an initial where I measure you mm-hmm. you pick everything so kind of the initial fitting or purchase he came in wearing like a Joseph A. Bank suit that he felt really good in and, I, and he walked he was like yeah the suit fits me really good and he, you know, he's a good looking guy he's real built like real so he's like very narrow waist and yeah. real muscular and I thought to myself, oh, this is going to change your life. But didn't yeah. tell him. So he comes back in, you know, about four weeks later, about, that's about my lead time. Four weeks later, he comes back in and he walks out of the room from changing. And he has this kind of, he's real outgoing, bubbly personality. He has this like, kind of like, I don't even know the right word, almost like stunned look on his face. Yeah. And he walked out and looked and, I mean, he shows off, because it showed off his, like his physique and yeah. he just, but it wasn't like tight, you know, like that's always the it's not going to rip when you move, right, but like yeah. it really like, like showed him off and he just sat there and he sat down in the chair and he hasn't said anything. And I'm kind of like, Oh my God, what's happening? <laughs> this is a new one. And he just said, you know, and I, he, he mentioned, he said, you know, I'm going through a divorce and I think this is helping me find myself. And almost in tears. Like, I mean, yeah. he wasn't crying, but you could just tell he was genuinely moved by like, I feel so good. And I just, I sat there stunned too of like, okay, I've been saying that, but like for that to actually happen and to come out of his mouth, like does seem cheesy, but it really truly was. And we've, I, I, we had asked him if he would be in, which we haven't done it yet, but we asked him if he would be in some photos for us. And he said, yes. And so he has not worn that suit. He had left it hanging. He was like, I'm almost afraid to wear it. <laughs> so I called him. He was like, you have to wear it. He it's was like waiting to tell the photography. The, yeah. He's like, it's just so good. But yeah, that was, that was probably the coolest moment I've had of just like true. I mean, I've had a lot of them, but like mm-hmm. true, like I'm in a really bad place in life. And you, like this piece of clothing yeah. is generally helping. It's thought, some okay. life changing. It means a lot more yeah. than just I look good, right? It's it yeah. Sig- it yeah. I guess it, it signifies something else, mm-hmm. right? A new beginning or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's. I mean, if I think the, another thing is having the confidence. Mm-hmm. If you don't, if you don't like for me, like I don't have to wear a suit every day. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also having the confidence to wear one every day and pull mm-hmm. that off and make that become part of your brand. Yeah. You know, if I guess I could show up to every podcast in a suit, yeah. three-piece suit looking, you know, tweed for the most part, looking like someone, looking like Tommy Shelby from the yeah. Peaky Blinders. Because I've been watching that a lot recently. <laughs> I don't know. We just, I'm going to have to do it one day for yeah. sure. You uh, should try. I mean, I think there's a change in like there, I feel like for so long suits were required. Yeah. Sorry, so they became this like, almost like I have to wear the suit. So nobody wanted to wear the suit. Mm -hmm. But now, you know, I think to that point, even professionally, like if you, if everybody's in your casual, you know, casual workwear and you show up in a blazer suit now you're standing out on the other side right. so i think like people are what i have found with my client i mean i still have a lot of clients who like their attorneys for example they still wear suits yeah air bankers like that's different but the people that are not in that profession that come to me it's like they're making a choice to wear one and i think it's it's really cool to watch like them shift from 
like you said, like this is my brand. And I think there's overlooked of suit and tie has to be like buttoned up. Like, like I think you with the t-shirt, like throw mm-hmm. a jacket over a t-shirt. I love yeah. that look of like, you know, a nice pair of kind of tennis shoes and a t-shirt and a fitted blazer. Like, I think that's the other thing is it doesn't have to be this like kind of stuffy corporate. Right. Maybe feel. Yeah. Um, and like changing that and changing a lot of it too is also changing the mentality for guys that would maybe want to wear, but they've just had such, we call, I call it suit trauma, right? You've just had such traumatic experiences shopping Oh yeah. to where you're like, why would I want, unless I have to, why would I wear one? Like your fabric options traditionally are not very, I mean, they're pretty basic unless you're going to spend a lot mm-hmm. of money. They don't fit you really. Nobody. I honestly, there's probably like, I probably have one client who comes to me that truly can buy off the rack. Yeah. So I think there's a misperception of, well, it's just like taller guys or bigger guys or like it's, like there's very few people who truly can fit off the rack, um, or yeah. maybe should without alterations. So yeah, I, it's interesting to watch like the shift away from, like you said, like nobody dresses up to wear, it doesn't have to be this like buttoned up. You don't sure. have to wear a tie. You don't have to like, you can do it in more casual ways and still yeah. feel really good. So yeah. The other thing yeah. that gets me is the heat. I'm yeah. Like, I'm like, I'm so excited for fall weather because mm-hmm. I can like wear most of my wardrobe is like, a pullover or kind of a shirt mm-hmm. or um you know like a sweater or something it's yeah. <laughs> like 90 percent of my wardrobe that can't do that black in 100 t-shirts. degree weather you can't do that no it's not <laughs> fun um i guess back to the point that you made earlier that the joke that you said to your mum that like do you want to get married so you can dress you know dress men the 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 creativity and the eye that you have for that mm-hmm. that's been developed over a long time that's not something you can just have like that's a gift so has it been a lot of fun for you, you know, when, so when a client comes in and says, okay, I want a few pieces of jacket, shirt, some pants, like you get to show them 10 different ways to yeah. wear this. That, like that to me and like the way I shop as a guy, it's like, I'm going to go out and mm-hmm. buy five things, but I get 15 outfits out of it, yeah. you know, like a th- two or three pairs of shoes and I'm set. Yeah. Like that. Yeah, that it been? has been. Um, I really do enjoy that. And it's funny you say that, like I... I, I guess I'm accepting that that's a gift because to me, I've never, I did that. I didn't know that I was like that. Everybody doesn't view things that way maybe. Um, but yeah, so I think that has been trained over a while and I, I mean, it is really fun with clients to, um, to, to build those wardrobes and things again, like I've always thought like people just knew like these things can go together to be able to show them like you can wear the red blazer and here's how you can do it in mm-hmm. a way. And like, here's what you can mix it with. And here's why spending, cause I've actually, I do sell quite a bit of red blazers. Here's why spending money on this red blazer is not this one off you can yeah. ever wear. And to really like show them or some, <laughs> some of the fun ones too, or, um, and I guess when my eyes started to open to that was when I had a couple college friends was at a wedding and I had done the entire wedding party and a couple of college friends that were at the, I was obviously a guest cause I knew the bride and mm-hmm. groom. Um, they came up to me and said, we're sending our husbands to you. I know nothing about men's fashion. Please help. And I was like, <laughs> Thanks. like they're the cutest <laughs> things. Like I was like, you don't know like, what? <laughs> and so that was when I started to open my eyes. Like, okay, like maybe there is something to this. And, and honestly with a lot of them is I've learned, I'll have to tell, not, not to say it like this, but I'll have to say like, I like to, these, all of these things go together or like, what's the, you know, some of them will say like, well, what doesn't go together? And it'll be simple as like, don't pair this with this. Otherwise everything else mixes and matches and like to just simplify it so that they don't have to overthink it. Um, and then you start to see them getting more comfortable, like branching out. Um, so yeah, it is a pretty, I do like that part of it a lot. Yeah. I need that. 
Like I don't yeah. have that gift, and I just look <laughs> at my wardrobe and I'm like, okay, jeans, t-shirt, good. Like because yeah. I like, know that's solid way. Like I can I can do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it is fun. I'm sure to to do mm. that and to piece things together, and then you know it's more value to the customer, isn't it? Mm. So they're not like, oh, this is my wedding suit, or this is my mm-hmm. suit for a dinner, and I've only worn it once. Like I have, yeah. you know, just go out and buy this pair of shoes or this pair of pants. Mm-hmm. And put it with a white shirt or a black shirt, whatever yeah. it is, and, and you can wear this thing as much yeah. as possible. Yeah, and then starting to get into like these are some slacks that you could you know pair yeah. with, and I'd probably break the rules of don't ever wear your suit jacket with another pair of pants. I'm like, uh, I don't mix and match, mix and match. Yeah, and so really starting to kind of build those staples. Like I get a, I get a lot of that. Of I know I need some slacks, but like what do I need? Yeah. I'm like, well, based on what you have, here's what I'd recommend. Yeah. yeah. What has been some of the craziest stuff that you've had to had to like make and stuff? So there has to be some even in my yeah. liners would be a great way to start but like is there anything that you make that you like this is out there but okay yeah i see it yeah we've done some i mean we did um i've done some like i've done a mint green suit that was mm. definitely like let's see how this turns out but it was beautiful um lots of greens and reds we've done i'm trying to think what the mint green was probably the most like out there out there I think and when I was very before I went full time I did a friend's wedding and we did a bright red suit yeah and I thought to myself like oh god but he knew and it was Christmas I was like this is so cheesy but he knew what he wanted and that's how he found like that's how we'd gone to college together and that's how he ended up finding me was he couldn't find exactly what he wanted and he did a green suit for his rehearsal dinner and a red suit or vice versa did the red for the rehearsal dinner green for the wedding and when I saw him in it, I was like, that's actually beautiful. Yeah. And it's not obnoxious. Um, and then it's that got like me more comfortable. It's not one of those like, things you bought for a hundred bucks for Halloween yeah. or Christmas that yeah. comes in the tie matches the suit mm, and the pants. Like yeah. It's, yeah. And the he wears it all the time. But yeah, probably the mint green was the most out there. Um, I think that's probably the I mean, We've done variations of blues and reds and purples. Um, but I think the mint green was definitely the most. Yeah. It was for an MMA fighter. So yeah, kinda obviously he's definitely already got some confidence. Going. Yeah. <laughs> and it looked, and it actually, it was beautiful. I came in, I was like, that is like a really cool suit. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, when you mentioned green is a friend of mine back in Wales who has a kind of an Instagram page called green over tan. Okay. Uh, he's a car, he's in, works in the car business. He's in advertising and stuff like that. Um, he's in advertising for mm-hmm. car businesses. Um, but his Instagram page, he started it maybe a year ago, and he's at 40-something thousand followers. Oh, and he wow. just posts green over tan stuff, car interiors, suits. <laughs> like, it, it's fantastic. Yeah. It's just a gr- and green is coming back. always has come back in mm-hmm. the last couple of years. It's more acceptable. And mm-hmm. you see people, I love cars. So you see people buying green cars or specking green mm-hmm. cars. And, you know, like I pants as well and you mentioned red and the first thing that came to my mind was i have like a burgundy pair of corduroy pants yep. that were my granddad's yeah and thankfully he's the same height we have the same waist and i've and they're really really hot too <laughs> i, can <laughs> I, imagine those I are cannot thick. wear them very often <laughs> but i just like i i don't know i just just yeah, back to feeling good you put those i put them on mm-hmm. and i'm like yeah you know, they don't wear them very often, so they're not very worn out. Mm-hmm. That's the thing with corduroy pants. Like you can, if you wear them a lot, they're going to wear them, yeah. in the places. And mm-hmm. it, it's still... My wife's like, why are you wearing those? I'm like, these are sick. Because I feel great. <laughs> yeah. She's like, uh, okay. And I went to play golf, so I get away with that. You can wear anything mm-hmm. on the golf course. Um, but yeah, it's... Uh, it, it must be cool to see different styles, too. Yeah. Like different... You know, like... And, and I was watching mentioned golf I was watching golf highlights mm-hmm. the other day and, and someone's highlights from like 2009 mm-hmm. like that 
you know, baggy pants playing golf and oversized sweaters. And like mm-hmm. now yeah, everything's fitted more, but yeah. seeing different trends go through. Yeah. Um, that must be cool too. Yeah. I really, I mean, I hope we don't go back to the baggy. Yeah, I hope not. <laughs> but yeah, it is really, it is pretty cool. And to see like, you know, and to play, like I have to, I say this, but sometimes I feel like a psychologist of like, I'll, it's, I very, like as I'm meeting with a client, like I'm, I'm calculating what I'm going to recommend for you. Right. Mm-hmm. So like if you, if you're super conservative and you, and you work in a super conservative industry, like I do think there's some, as much as I want to push like personality and feel like you don't feel like you have to conform yeah. there is some truth to like if you're a judge or something yeah, or a lawyer like, or an attorney you, you can't you know yeah. like i have a friend that works in a real corporate environment that's more conservative and he bought a suit that's like real loud pattern beautiful gray suit but it's like he's never gonna wear that to the mm-hmm. office and he knows that but he bought it for like social stuff yeah. and he could wear the blazer with like a pair of a like a solid slack but not the full suit but it's like a, there very much is a calculation of like how how much to kind of walk people or how much pattern to recommend or kind of color mixing. And usually people start, they get a little bit more confident as they go, but it really is fun to, um, kind of not, I I don't just have my, these are the things I recommend. It's fun to be able to really get to know someone and be like, okay, here's what I think would be really good for you. Um, and sometimes that's putting people in, sometimes I do push a little bit of like, just give it a chance, Yeah, you know, safely. Like I'll, I kind of know if they're, if they're open to, um, you know, a a hunter green blazer and some people Mm. are like, absolutely not. And some, I can walk them to it and just yeah. want it out of the gate. But yeah, so that part's really fun. Um, I really enjoyed that part of it. That's so cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to have to get one. I'm just going to have, yeah. um, that's, it's going to have to be a, I try to think, what do I have coming up that I don't have to spend money on that I can spend money on a suit and wear it every day? Uh, yeah. Christmas is coming. That's a good thing. It's yeah, a good place go. to start. Holiday parties. Holiday parties. Holiday parties. Yeah. Are... Fingers crossed we have a lot more than we, yeah. you know, uh, I guess that's planned right now. Yeah. Um, Awesome. I mean, thanks so much for sharing the story. This is really yeah, cool. Yeah, thank you um, for having me. Yeah, I'm glad you dived in. Glad you went all in and, and mm-hmm. you know went for it because uh, you know you wouldn't have the clients, and the clients wouldn't be as happy as they are wearing your stuff. So yeah. that's that's really cool, and it's fulfilling, I'm sure, to see them and have them come back and say, you know, like let's do the same shirt or let's do it. This clients yeah. like you mentioned that you can't walk to it yet, but the next one they get, they're like, okay, let's try it again mm-hmm. and again. So uh, for everyone listening, how can they follow you and get in touch? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, Instagram, Facebook, definitely probably the best ways. Instagram is at William Lauren co. Um, websites, William and Lauren.com. Um, you can follow me, me personally. It's my Instagram's low work L O W A R K. Um, so yeah, that's where you can find us. Awesome. Get For everyone listening, I'll post those down below and go check out, go find some suits, find an excuse to wear a suit. It'll make you feel better. Um, men and women. So thanks for listening. We'll catch you next episode. Cheers. Thank you for listening. We are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram.